0: Yo,
1: hello.
2: Okay, just grabbing my stuff here. Um, okay. Okay, can you hear me? I can. Okay, cool. All right. What's up, guys? Adam Westfall back here with another episode of Club 60. Um, today, my guest is Bridget Townsend. Bridget, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. My name is Bridget Townsend, and I love sales. I'm in sales.
2: Perfect. Um, so I met I met Bridget um, during my career here with AFLAC. Um, and wanted to bring her on for this special edition of Club 60, where we're going to talk about fanatical prospecting, um, you know, whatever sales type you are in, this book can be used um, in any in any arena. It doesn't just have to be, you know, a certain type. Um, but anyways, this is a book that I read probably my first month or two months of. Uh, my first sales position with Aflac um, where, you know, I don't have many connections. and don't really have anybody in the community. I kind of just have to go out and knock on doors and make phone calls and kind of build a business and a book of business by prospecting. Um, And not many people last too long in this industry. You can probably see that from, you've been in the industry for five years now of insurance sales. Um, yeah. Not many people make it past even their first six months, first year. Um, and a lot of that comes back to the the prospecting piece. Um, and in my experience, I think it's more about guys maybe not having a system that they can, you know, systematically prospect or a way to um, maybe, maybe, what am I looking for systematically prospect and or, um, not having a good, uh, variety of prospecting methods. Um, right. you know, some people say, yeah, no, I'm strictly, I, I'm only good over the phone or I'm, I'm only good in person, but, um, to be efficient in this, you have to reach decision makers and people that are going to move the sale forward in different ways. Um, and it's kind of up to you to figure out how you got to do that. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And getting a getting a yes or a no is better than um, a maybe or not getting in touch with them because then you still don't know if it's a yes or no. Um, but anyways, do you have anything to add to that?
1: Yeah, you you have to be able to manage your calendar. You first you have to know what you're doing. One of my favorite quotes is a goal without a plan is a dream. So you have to have a plan you have to, well, ultimately have your goal. What is your goal for the, the day, the week, the month, the quarter? Uh, create a plan and execute on that plan. Um, yeah. And a lot of people don't do that or they give up the first, the first week and, and it doesn't work like that. So you, and you, you have to also know your personal brand statement. You know Why are you doing this? Your why has to be super strong you know that's what motivates you to continue on when you hear a 100 no's too um so it's yeah. mindset the first the first step is mindset and you have to be resilient also i mean i could go on and on but it's yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: there's a chapter in the in the in i think it's one of the five, chapter 21 of this book uh <laughs> developing mental toughness because that is that is definitely huge because you're going to get a lot of rejection along the way. Um, I'd say particularly in our industry, too, with insurance. Yeah. Um, There's that, that look on some people's face when they see another insurance salesperson. Um, cracks me up.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, we're good. We, we've we got everything. It's like I haven't even opened up my mouth yet. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. And it's overcoming objections is a big deal too. You have to be confident in what you're, what you're doing and how you deliver it. It's not necessarily what you say. It's kind of how you say it.
2: Right. There's that piece to it. Um, with, with objections and things like that, what, what has worked for me personally is, um, one understanding why the objection happens. It's natural. It's their natural inclination Two, um, it's having, you know the confidence to know that what I'm bringing to the table is important, um, and then kind of making those responses automatic to, you know, because the rejection that you hear are the same. When say rejection, Jeb would call them objections or reflex responses, okay. um, where you know, yeah, you know, we're not interested. That's the one. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say I'm not interested before until I started doing this. Um, and now I hear it you know twenty awesome. twenty times three times a day yeah. um and and just having that response kind of naturally built in instinctually um to where you just respond right back with what you would say if someone says they 're not interested um
1: yeah, if you were interested you 'd be calling me <laughs> so it's it it 's trying to overcome that and have humor in it also. You know, you're not trying to sell; you're just trying to connect with the people. Like whether it's with the gatekeeper or it, the business owner, um, or you're building your business with referrals, you're connecting with people or networking. But you know, to get around those objections, you do have to be other centered. It's like, tell me what you're what you're not interested in. Um, you know, how are things? How, how are you doing with uh, the healthcare reform, or you know, whatever anybody wants to call it, and just kind of connecting with them and interacting with them is huge. Mm. It's a big deal. That's where you get from the, the no, not interested, to the yes. Like, tell me more. You know, really, mm. the interaction is, is the big deal.
2: Yep. Um, so, Jeb starts off the book talking about, and you've probably seen this too, the top 20% of salespeople produce 80% of the sales. Um, those are obviously the fanatical prospectors. They understand how to manage the sales process. They ask great questions. They deliver winning presentations. They close the deal. Um, their personality is someone who's exceptionally people savvy, um, a high emotional intelligence. And certainly like we talk about the winning mindset, you know, not going to be stopped. Um, and the secrets in Jeb's opinion to sales success are the superstars are relentless, unstoppable prospectors. Um, and the biggest key to success in sales is fanatical prospecting. Um, so I think what he means by that is, is, you know, sometimes you'll get someone who comes into the, the game who's new, um, who thinks they can hundred percent be a networker or a hundred percent, um, you know, just do it off of emailing people, doing things that don't really get them out of their comfort zone too much. Um, and that's obviously that person won't be there in the next six months, but, um, it it really, a lot of this comes down to, you don't have to have, um, the financial means you don't have to have too much, you know, you can, go out and do a lot of this marketing for free. I mean, Aflac's done a great job. You know, the company we work for in particular, uh, you know, doing the marketing side of things that all you have to go do is go out and talk to enough people in the day and schedule appointments with those people.
1: Yeah. just Putting yourself in front of people is the most important thing. Uh, And if you don't put yourself in front of people, you're, you're not going to create, wealth you're not gonna you're not gonna close deals nothing's gonna happen and that's people are so you know afraid of that or their number is so low um Mm -hmm. you know it's i i always i always had a number and i didn't leave until i hit that number i had a number of how many appointments i was going to set in a week and i didn't stop until i did it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so that's fanatical prospecting you know, that's a, key, that's a piece of it because you know, there's, there's so many pieces to that. That's one piece is to not stop until you get to your goal.
2: Until, the, goal is. until the Lord's work is finished.
0: <laughs>
2: um, yes. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, Jeb says it's not an easy button and there's only three things you can control. Um, your actions, your reactions, and your mindset. Um, You can't necessarily obviously control if they're going to say yes or no. Um, You might be able to handle your own reactions to emotions that might help you change their mind or or get an appointment with the person or get the deal to close. But you can't always control the uncontrollable, right? Um, Were there were there times when you first started in this that you had um, maybe some days where you didn't feel exceptionally great? Uh, maybe you could elaborate more on that and how you were able to still push through it.
1: Yeah. There's lots of days um, that I, I felt like what the heck am I doing? And I didn't have any wins and, if I if I walk away with two good things that I've done, then I felt like it was a successful day. But my, my biggest thing is mindset. I'd wake up saying the exact same thing every morning. I greet this day with love and I will succeed, I'll persist and I'll win. And I'll set two appointments. That's how before my feet hit the floor. I still say that every single morning. And uh, it's from another book, The Greatest Salesman that I read by Augman. Oh. And um, it, it's... Yeah, there are so many days that I was just like, what the heck? But there was this innate thing within me that I believed in myself enough um, mm-hmm. that made it happen. And, and definitely this book helps you when you feel like you just can't do it anymore. Um, and it walks you through a whole bunch of different you know, steps and emotions and what to do about it. That's what I like right. about Fanatical
2: Prospecting. Yep, it, he he really breaks it down. Um obviously a guy who's been through it all um in that sales process and uh, I'd have to agree with you on that. Um I'll definitely pull this one out um on days where as that's why I read this book. I was not feeling like prospecting and I said, "You know what? I'm going to download it on audiobooks and I'm going to listen to it." Um and it was funny because I was like listen to it and I really just did not want to do shit. uh, yeah i was like "Ah, god damn it and i got out of my car and i walked (laughs) into this i walked into this dentist's office um and i ended up closing that deal like a week later
1: right i know i love that
2: yeah this is only like a few weeks ago and i was like yeah i'm not gonna do this and (laughs) i'll do this and i ended up working out
1: um yeah that, it's so funny because I hate rain. I, we live in Oregon and I hate the rain. I hate it. And when it's raining out, I'm just like, okay, I got to set my appointments before noon. I, cause I can't handle this. Um, right. But uh, two, I opened up two accounts just by saying that, okay, one more, I'm just going to do one more ended up. Those were the best accounts I've, my one of my t- two of my top five accounts were yeah. in a situation like that. And so, when
2: well, like there's it. a, there's a, there's a, there's a chapter, I think it's the last chapter of this book called the one more call and uh, you know, doing the one more call or one more, you know, foot touch before you leave, leave for the day. Right. And how he's, a, it always seemed like the, the sales gods were rewarding you for doing that extra little bit of work. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah
2: when you add it up, I mean, if you work 300 days of the year and you did one more or just one more than you would have before you leave, I mean, that is 300 more approaches that is going to lead to more business. So um, it's still in the numbers. Um, But I'll I'll, move, I'll move, I'll move more. I'll move forward here in the book. Um, Stop me. If any of these jump out to you, but the seven mindsets of fanatical prospectors, um, people are optimistic and enthusiastic they're competitive is this meeting your is 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 this checking off your boxes here yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah confident relentless thirsty for knowledge systematic and efficient adaptive and flexible um does that does that sound right to you
1: yeah flexible yeah flexible um Sometimes. Yes.
2: Adaptive and flexible. That's definitely one that you have to be because, like, when I first started in this, I would plan out my whole week. But then you get a phone call that completely changes everything and it all goes to shit or something. Yeah. And you have to, like, kind of do it on the fly. So I don't, um, I always have a plan of what I want to do. But, uh, more often than not, especially in our business, there's something that happens that you got to go tend to at some point during the work day that, is going to disrupt what your original plan was. Um, whether that be, you know, one of your agents calls you and says they need some help with something and you gotta, you know, you gotta be there or, you know, a client calls you and they, they're having some trouble with something you want to be. Um, in my opinion, at least, you know, providing that customer service piece that, um, a lot of people lack after their sale. Um, yeah, that that can, that can throw off, you know, doing, Doing what you had planned for the day.
1: Well, and you do. You have to be able to e- even think quick and, and well, be able to handle all of those things that come at you and, and still, still manage your day and still walk away knowing that you had two good, two wins. Um, and so right. being flexible is a, is a, is a really big deal. And then not, not doing too much also in a day.
2: Right. i agree with that. Or, um, you know, I'm sure you've had it happen to you where you you go in to uh, close the deal and the person or the, you know, they forgot to tell, you know, when you're going in for the group presentation to do it and they forgot that they were doing that today or.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, they yeah. On you, like last second. you already bought the pizzas and you're on your way over there and they <laughs> on you second. Oh, shit. You,
1: you, you drove two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and Been then. There. You know,
2: I take the pizzas back to the office and everyone knows that I didn't get it done or do I throw them all away and waste all this food? Yeah. I know people who do both. So um, that's funny to me. Um, but all these other ones too, the optimistic, enthusiastic, the competitive, the confident, the relentless, the thirst for knowledge, systematic, and efficient. Those are all um, all things that I think – the people that I do see succeed in the business all have, um, the, the one that I really like too, aside from adaptive and flexible is, a uh, is a thirsty for knowledge. Obviously I got the podcast, um, right. and the system, systematic, um, because when you get, you know, to a position,
1: Oh, there it is. I'm there. Hey. Hey.
2: We're back.
1: We're back.
2: Technical difficulties. <laughs> um,
1: See, we can wing it. Right. <laughs> we're, we're resilient. Flexible. Um,
2: yes. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll I'll move on for time's sake um, to. It's like chapter three to cold call or not to cold call. Uh, There's a, there's a notion, I suppose. I've seen some ads for it too, that people say cold calling is dead. Um, And it's a, it's a great sales trick to get people who want an easy button yet. The people who are saying that cold calling is dead and selling their sales packages are the ones who are cold calling you to sell you their sales package.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think cold calling's dead at all. It's it, and it's cold calling but it's also you're building relationships. You're getting yourself out there. You know, everybody does it and it's we've been doing it since the beginning of time with sales. And it's mm. not, and it's not going to stop ever. You know, that it, it's a good thing cold calls are, I think.
2: Um, right, and the big the big thing that worries people is the interruption piece. Um, they're scared to interrupt what someone else has going on. But um, as Jeb says, if you want to succeed or if you want sustained success in your sales career, if you want to maximize income then you've got to interrupt prospects.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I agree.
2: Um, yeah. Um, did, how much cold calling did you do or do you use in your um, day-to-day prospecting? approaches
1: oh um gosh I would make it it was 30 before lunch and 30 after that was Mm -hmm. my goal and um, until I created a a pipeline and and if yeah I used a whole bunch of different methods but it was I I did it a lot I still do it actually Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think everybody even though you you're you should always be constantly filling your pipeline and the cold calls are a part of that. And just, I just keep doing it. I, I think it's now just ingrained in me to do it and to talk right. to people wherever I go. Sure. <laughs> and interrupt.
2: <laughs> yes. Interrupt. Um, he says, um, he, and he's talking about in the book when he goes and does like his training seminars, uh, some of the people he's training, uh, he said they even obsess over calls to current clients like saying things like they need to prepare for the calls um, I remember seeing that when, when Jeb came and did the fanatical prospecting for us when he did the boot camp mm-hmm. um, he was he was like well, what holds you guys back from you know just picking up the phone and dialing And the lady one of the ladies she's definitely not an agent anymore uh, but she was like I need time to prepare and He's just like, 15 calls and 15 minutes go. And then everyone did it. And he's like, did you need time to prepare afterwards? Um, it's pretty funny. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. you just got to do it. Too many people yeah, spend 15 minutes preparing or walking down the hall, uh, going to the bathroom twice and getting coffee yeah. a whole bunch of times. And It's just like, okay, you just got to do it. <laughs> Stop right. procrastinating.
2: Right. Um, yes that i've had i've had some people i've trained where i was like oh my god um, <laughs> you know i know you don't have to go to the bathroom right now but, all right yeah um, i'm not gonna be a nazi know. i'm not gonna be a nazi and say you can't go but <laughs> i know you don't have to um, right um, third
1: time I, third time i don't want to make it
2: i don't want to make these calls i'm i'm the sales manager you make the calls i'm just kidding but um
1: <laughs> do as i say
2: right Um, but that it's funny because we, you know, uh, veterans in the industry and others, you know, they have an existing book and we have to like push them to, um, call on people that are already their clients, which is, which shows you the reluctance people already have on the phone. If they can't even, you know, pick it up to call their current client, um, how are they going to call their, uh, you know, and, and look for new clients. Right. So. Um, the phone is something that I think a lot of people are very afraid of. I mean, I don't like to do it. I do it damn near every day, but, um, definitely, definitely it doesn't get easier. It it never gets easier. Yeah. It takes about, it takes about five calls for me to get back in the groove of things. Um, and to make myself better, not having to use that five calls, I'll try and find like a partner or somebody that, you know, we can go over, you know, objections really quick and, um, have practice that the fundamentals of what you say when someone says this. Yeah. So we, you know, get warmed up um, by the time we pick up the phone and get going, we're ready to go. Um, so chapter four, he talks about adopting a balanced prospecting methodology. He uses the, I'm so much better at dot, 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 excuse. Um, and, you know, which is true. He said he had one lady Jeb did who was like I'm so much better in person and he's like of course you are but you know you can't reach 100 people in a day by going out in person right you have to that's why I I like I like doing both I personally like doing in person the most but uh My car and my wallet doesn't necessarily like to do in person.
1: You got to work smarter, not harder. And technology is amazing. You got to utilize all these different resources to get in front of
2: people. Right. And you could knock out a large chunk on the phone. Um, And that's, you know, through just phone investigating, you know, you you play a role of more of an investigator. It's really just becomes down to what's the best way to get some sort of interaction with the person who, um, is making the decision, right? Like I would, you know, my, my first, first early days of this career, I would, you know, go make, go walk into 50 businesses or go make a hundred something calls and wouldn't get anything for the day and would like, feel like I got rejected, but then if I actually, you know, look at the numbers I tracked, I only talked to, you know, one or two people that even had some influence in the company yeah. to even make a decision. So I didn't really get rejected. Um, I just didn't know the whole process yet. Whereas now I know that, you know, that's just investigation. I'm just finding out who's in charge. You know, what info do I need to collect? What's the best time to get in front of this person? What's the best way to reach him? Um, and and doing doing your investigative work. Um, and I, it sounds like that's something that you, you took a lot of time on systematically investigating. It
1: yeah. Yeah, I did. I looked up companies, I looked up, you know, their mission statement, their awards. I looked up a whole bunch of stuff that could be something that I could connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to know the companies, you know, I, I want to build my, my business with great, great businesses. Also, I want to work with, with good companies and, um, you, you have to do your homework first correct before you go out. Yeah, I truly believe that.
2: Yeah it's almost like you are like strategically planning that interaction with the decision.
1: Hello? Hello?
2: Uh, lost you again, but um, yeah. Technical. Te- I have to email anchor and let them know that it doesn't. Damn anchor app. I know. Oh, how dare they give me free access to podcasts?
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you just
2: uh, asked- I, I don't know where we left off, but this is the the chapter of the more you prospect, like here you get. Um, Jeb has. Jeb has three core laws that he talks about. There's the universal law of need, the 30 day rule and the law of replacement. Um, the universal law of need. I love that one. That's like when you haven't done any, you haven't done any prospecting, but you got this one account and I've seen so many new guys do this. I've been guilty of doing this myself where you have an account that looks like it's going to close. So you just stop all activity for the day, maybe the week even, um, because you're like, Oh, this is going to close. I'm to get paid this week, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and then it comes and then it turns out now you don't have any options except that one. And then magically they cancel on you and change their mind the last second. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's a pipeline. You need to fill it universal. Right. Yeah. Universal law of need. That's a good one. There's,
2: there's a, yeah, the more you need, the more you need something, the less likely you're going to get it. Um, I know I had that too. I had, I had one guy who had a. You know, I knew him. He, like in one of his first first weeks prospecting, he landed this huge account, but they weren't going to, you know, do business for like the next five months. But he spent that next five months just kind of relying on that big account was going to go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which it did. It ended up working out. But uh, all that other time in between, I mean, he really didn't get much done. Uh, so it's almost like the worst thing that could have happened to him.
1: You can't put all your eggs in one basket. And what did he do with the, you know, the other you know, eight hours in a day, you only can send so many e- emails to nurture account. You, you know, it's like, you have to, you have to keep filling it with a whole bunch of, well, again, like I said, your pipeline, you have to keep filling it.
2: Right. And you can't necessarily do that. Um, you know, doing taking coffee breaks and going, you know, watching YouTube, things like that. You do have to you do have to get out there and start start making things happen. The the quote that he starts this chapter off with is the famous one by Dale Carnegie about the inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Which pretty obvious. Yeah, you can't can't make things happen by not going out and Making things happen. Yeah. Um, there's the 30 day rule. Um, this one also, great one, great lesson for people is a 30 day rule. What you do in, you know, the next 30 days impacts the next 90 day window. Um, so that should tell you that you know, if you take two weeks off, that's going to impact you down the road. If you go hard for two weeks for 30 days you're going be you're going to be okay for you know your next three months or so you're going to be fine for the quarter but for for about a month there and i that's happened to me multiple times I know while i've been learning and and going through the trials and errors um, I know stuff is or, or good things are coming when I consistently um, Am calling in, uh, spending my whole day, not cutting out early, spending my whole day, filling my pipeline, going out, talking to people, running meetings. Um, and it gets pretty hectic. And then you get to a point where you can't even schedule anything and your, your schedule is so full that it, it, it stresses you out, but it's a good stress. You're like, I need to schedule new things, but my schedule is so full right now. Um, that that's, that's, I'd rather, I'd definitely rather be in that position than, um, than the one where I don't have anything. Um. Yeah,
1: the mindset of abundance is what it is. And you want to, to live in that mindset. I mean, I, yep. I think, and, and that's like, it's different for each person, but mm yeah abundance you want to you want to have a full pipeline you want to have a, a schedule you want to be strategic in what you want to be doing and be fanatical about it i mean the greatest of salespeople are fanatical hands down and they persist until they figure out what they need to do and they're constantly sharpening their skill sets yep. you know success breeds success and and that and his book is talks about that quite a bit
2: yep um, it definitely does and then the third law that he talks about of the core laws is the law of replacement so you're right you know that's like the if you're closing ratios one out of ten once you close a deal you need ten more still there?
1: I am. I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Bridget. Yes. You still on? I I am. I can hear you. Yes.
2: Well, anyways. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, uh, let's yeah, try I didn't this
1: again.
2: You. I said it was recording, but I didn't hear you. But uh,
1: Yeah, I, I could hear you. It's all good.
2: Yeah, so I'll just keep moving through the book. Um, there's the anatomy of a sales slump. I love this one. Uh, have you ever had any sales slumps in your career? Or did you just always kill it?
1: <laughs> no, no, I had a lot
2: of sales slumps. Um, a lot of sales slumps?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's just... Um, yeah, cause you, there's lulls, there's and flows in business and, um, it's again, like I said, I just keep going back to mindset and each day after I was done, I'd assess where I was at, what was going wrong? Was I not making enough approaches? Was I, was it what I was saying? Was it the objection handling? Um, what was it? And just try to fix it. And I'd seek out, um, people who, you know, mentorship during that yeah. time too, um so yeah, I had definitely sales slumps.
2: Was it was it anything to do with not prospecting? Like No. no. Okay.
1: No, no. Um well yes, yes and no. It was um some of it was I I was just I tell this to my team all the time. I was I opened up so many accounts in a, a month and didn't fill my pipeline, didn't market, things like that, that um, I, then when I was done writing all the business and doing all that, I went back out to go market myself again, make my calls, and I was just like, I couldn't set an appointment to save my life.
2: Yep, I swear to God, that always happens.
1: Yeah, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like there's that. And so just, it was just a tweak in what I was saying. It was my mindset. It was just, I had to get back in the groove again. And it's, it's deflating a little bit when, you know, you're, you're out hustling and you're doing well and your pipeline gets depleted. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, and that's, that's really where the, the the higher level piece comes in for me is, is where I've, where I've hit like my biggest roadblocks is I'll do a great job, you know, building everything up. And then I got all this stuff going on at once. Um, and maybe, you know, what I have realized I need more manpower most of the time to keep it flowing nice and smoothly to where I can still go out and approach new people on a daily basis and not, you know, cause there's times where it might take two weeks if you're by yourself or only have like limited help to go finish like, writing all the business and getting everybody squared away and making sure everything's good to go. Um, Yeah. and, but, but go back to that 30 day rule. If you took, you know, two weeks to do that, well, now you just screwed yourself for, you know, the next, the next month, the next two, two weeks for sure. Yeah. Uh, Unless you, unless you can somehow, you know, double your numbers that you would normally put in, in a regular week, then you might be able to salvage it. But, um, you know, that stuff adds up quick and it can definitely put you into a slump. Uh, that law of replacement really, really does come back to bite you. Uh, yeah. I've had yeah, it, it does. countless times. Um, and it is so hard to get back into the prospecting groove when you stop doing it for, um, even just a couple of days, like yeah. a phone gets harder and harder to pick up, gets harder to, get out of your car and go walk in somewhere. Um, I was like my first week I was able to do this. No problem. Now I, you know, now
0: now I'm paralyzed.
2: Um, but part of that comes from, you know, you, you, you should know your numbers. So you should know what exactly you need to do, calculate it, what you need to do in a day or what you need to do in a week to, um, hit what you're trying to hit, right? Efficiency plus effectiveness equals performance. Um,
1: yeah, that's so true. It really is. Um, yeah, you, you, yeah. You have to be efficient. You're not going to be effective. You're not efficient. I, I, there's just so much to it. And people think that uh, I, they're just going to go out there and kill it. They have this warm market. They have, you know, they, they can network. Those, all those things are great. But if you're not efficient... And you're not going to be effective. And if you don't know what you're doing, and uh, you don't know how to handle objections, you don't. You're not resilient. You're not persistent. You don't. You don't try to win the day. You don't set mm. a goal. I mean, all these different things, uh, all these things that you talk about are the ten traits of highly effective people. Mm. You know, winners. Winners win. <laughs> so it's a big deal. All these things that he talks about are a big deal. And some people just read half of a book or. They just pick and choose a chapter and it all goes together, all of it. That's my two cents.
2: Okay, the three, the three Ps that hold you back, where did you hear when I was asking you that or did it cut off it cut off okay say so, it do any of these sound familiar to you procrastination perfectionism and paralysis from analysis
1: procrastination
2: <laughs> yeah
1: there are times i do procrastinate
2: yes
1: there's, just, there's oh, yeah i i admit it it's it's uh it's not a good thing in sales obviously if not a good thing it's not a good thing in anything but procrastination mm-hmm. it can be the killer of your business <laughs> that's for sure um and i i have to um like i have to look at it. like okay make this call it's like not a big deal you know go mm-hmm. and then it ends up not being a big deal you know again it's back to mindset and it's just Correct. doing it You know, just the five, four, three, two, one rule. You know, it's like they they do that at um, sporting events or kids. Right.
2: Right. Right and. Then, Here. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd say I'd say for me the perfectionism thing has always been my biggest my biggest weakness as far as just going out and doing the work um, a basketball coach. Yeah. I had one of my college coaches tell me that and it's like you're such a goddamn perfectionist but I was doing a drill or something and messed it up. Um, which, you know, taught me a lot. So definitely understand that about myself. So, And it, yeah. it, does, it does come back to just pick up the phone and, and make the dials or go out and just put yourself in front of people and see what happens.
1: Yeah. Uh, Our new agents think that they need to know everything before they even go out and before they even pick up the phone. It's like, no, you don't. Right. You, you, you don't. You don't need to. It, it's the perfectionist attitude and it's like you know you'll get there you'll get there you don't you don't need to know everything
2: correct the paralysis from analysis the yeah they see people you know sit takes two hours to think about how they're going to pick up the phone and and then make the call and then they go to lunch and they procrastinate a little bit and all of a sudden it's five o'clock and nothing got done Um, it definitely happens um, yeah. it, it really is it. I mean, we're, we're making fun of it, but it, it is, it is definitely a mentally straining business, um, especially in your earlier days and you really have to one push through, but also, you know, it helps a lot to have good coaching and good leadership around you to, um, keep you motivated, keep you going when, um, you really feel like quitting or that this might not be for you. Having that support system in place also helps. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And having good systems is important. And you put pressure on the systems instead of yourself too. You know, set up a game plan. You know, what what is it you're saying? You know, have not necessarily a script, but you know something that you know you can just you feel comfortable with saying. And you're putting pressure on the systems and not yourself. It's huge.
2: Right. yeah, perhaps not a script, sort of speak, but a framework, of, yeah. or a general framework of what you're gonna, what you're gonna do, what you're gonna, how you're gonna set out to accomplish it. Blah yeah. blah blah. Uh, yeah. Okay. What about time? The greatest equalizer of sales. There's golden hours. There's blocking your times. Uh, Jeb is really into doing like the half hour or one hour phone block. Uh, yeah where it's very highly targeted activity where you ignore outside distractions. Um, And I find those to be effective, very effective. Like if I'm, I'll do them, I typically won't do them in an hour time. I'll do them in, you know, 30 minutes or not 30 minutes, but like I'm going to do 30 calls. And then after that, I'll, you know, I'll reward myself with, you know, lunch lunch or something like that. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Time equals money. It really does and you have to be efficient and effective with your time and manage it well and, you know, set those, those, those mini goals for the small wins. So you don't feel deflated, you know, too high of expectations. You're not going to, you're not going to hit it. You're not going to get that reward, which is lunch. Um, Time is a big deal and how you use it is huge. Red, yellow, green time is what they talk about in Aflac. And showing your, your new agents, you know, the, the, what the red time means and what the yellow time means and what the green time means and um, don't set your doctor's appointments when you're you know, in the middle of the day uh, unless you obviously absolutely have to but managing your time is, is a big deal and some people take entrepreneurship like Whoa, I can do whatever I want it's like you're here to build a business you're blood, sweat and tears to do it you need to, you need to manage your time well
2: I'm definitely guilty of that. Yes, yes. <laughs> one, of my
1: agents, one of my agents went and booked a, a tattoo appointment at like one o'clock on a Friday. I'm like, did you, did you hit your goals? Did you, did you, right. you know, set as many appointments? I was like, that tattoo parlor will be open on a Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so but, so right. That's probably the, that's the procrastination piece. Yeah, that, yeah that's procrastination at its finest. You know what? I'm going to get a <laughs> tattoo. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so time is a lot of uh, a lot of books talk about time. Jeb is talking about how to manage time it's like and the consequences of not doing it, you know, your, your business will crumble if you don't oh. manage it well.
2: Oh man, it's crazy. Uh, you know, when I used to work other jobs or go to school Time felt like it took forever to go by, uh, and then it's totally opposite now. Like the day fly so fast now, uh, yeah. and you really have to, you really have to maximize and block out your time um, and schedule out your day. I mean, I it only takes me about five minutes to, to schedule out my day, but um, I have to do it, or I notice my day is significantly less effective if I don't. Write out what I'm explicitly going to set out to accomplish Um, but there's all this other stuff too that people struggle with and I totally understand you know and Jeb calls it platinum hours stuff where it's outside of the golden hours that you know that that eight to five time where businesses are open and you can you know solicit your services Um, but leveraging the platinum hours for things like updating your pipeline you know updating your CRM um, all that other extra little tedious work, doing, posting social media content, things that aren't necessarily moving deals forward, but they're also, imp- I mean, it's still also important work um, that needs to be done. And I know a lot of new people struggle with that. They don't like they don't like the idea of having to, uh, you know, do their pipeline work on a daily basis. They see it as you know us. Telling them what they need to do a boxing around, but it's more like if you don't do this, it's going to make your life a lot harder uh, down the road. Did you catch all that? Hey. Hey. Um. Okay. Did we? Did you? Did you weigh in on leveraging the platinum? No. Did
0: you hear me talk
2: about that. Okay. Um. That's the last thing I'll talk about with time is platinum hour that Jeff talked about. Um, where he's, you know, there's things like updating your CRM, posting the social media. Maybe going to a networking event or a trade show or something like that—any of those kinds of things—where um, you're not necessarily soliciting business right at the moment, uh, but they're nonetheless still important. You know, they're they're the hours after five, yeah, or eight, um, where you got to get stuff done. And um, the best way, you know, to do that, especially with like updating your pipeline daily, is to make it a habit to do it every day so it only takes you fifteen minutes uh, versus if you put it off like I always do it takes me like a whole eight hour day to update everything. Um, yeah, it's because I haven't made it a habit to do it because it's definitely not my favorite work to do. Um, but
1: No. It's definitely not mine, but it, it's rewarding when you see all you know the, the fruits of your labors too. You keep adding to your pipeline. Uh, it's, it's just a matter of doing it. And once you start doing it, then it's like, okay, okay. And then when you make it a habit, then the, then it changes the, the, you know, the course of your, you know, your business, your whole day, you know, you you don't dread it. I know there's times I, it's like, I hate sitting down at the end of the day, just adding the, the CRM to it you know, or yep. my information into my CRM. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, okay, we am going sit down with a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, and I'm going to do this. And it's going to literally take me five minutes. Come on, Bridget. It's going to build your wealth. And then <laughs> it's like, and what I have in my, um, just for this very thing is in my, um, in my car and in my bathroom, my bathroom mirror, I have how much I feel that I'm worth or what I want to make And two words, my word for business is unstoppable. And so when you continually see those things, those, it's like, okay, I got this. All right. I got this. I know where I'm going. I got this. I'm going to stop procrastinating. I'm going to put my information, in my CRM, you know, and everybody has to have something that triggers them to go to get over that hump of, God, I just don't want to do this. You know,
2: Uh, whatever that, whatever that may be, whether it's, you know, for me, it's, Learning that when I don't do that, uh, my my uh, amount of money that I make suffers. So I have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not sales managers wanting you to you know put all their stuff in because they want you to do it for no reason.
1: Right, uh, right. Like right. It, systems. Yep.
0: Systems. Have you
2: a system like, look, you only got you know because the time is going to come where you only have. You know, ten minutes today to, to maybe set a new appointment for you know next week or something like that because you got a whole bunch of other shit to do. Well, there might be five people in your pipeline that you know right now that you can call that you're going to be able to get in front of at least two of them and give yourself a chance to to make an appointment happen. Um, and that's a lot of that comes from you know for me managing my pipeline and knowing. You know, who's in what days, what times, um, what their names are, what their gatekeepers' names are, and knowing all that information, so I can just make the whole thing happen. Uh, I've done that yeah. countless times, um, and that's come from CRM updates. But I would definitely not recommend updating your CRM like I do, where I put it off for days a week at a time, and then spend a whole eight-hour day updating it.
1: Yeah, bad time management. <laughs>
2: Well, I'm like a, I'm like a, I'll do a crazy amount of one certain activity on one day, sometimes, and one crazy amount of this on one day, which isn't mixing it up. So, um, I'm still perfecting my own system. I'm not yeah say that.
1: I think we all are. I mean, and, and that's that's the part that Jeb put in there that you know, great great salesmen or people who are good at their craft are constantly. Uh, learning and growing and seeking out knowledge uh, and trying to better themselves because we're not definitely not perfect.
2: Correct. Correct. Unless you're Derek Summers.
1: <laughs> Unless you're Derek Summers. Yeah. Gosh, you take that boy to a meeting and he can slay it. I was like, what? God. Jeez. Yeah, that's funny.
2: Um, okay but uh, I'll I'll move on. I'll move on. There's, there's, there's a lot of information to cover from this book. So I'll, I'll, I'll skip some pieces, but, um, there are four objectives to prospecting in Jeb's opinion. Number one is to set an appointment. Number two is to gather info and qualify. Number three is to close a sale. Now that's not necessarily our industry, but there are other industries where you're doing sales over the phone. Uh, Where, you know, you're, so you do the whole sales process in about 15 minutes, right? Um, And then there's building familiarity, um, which comes through things, you know, leaving voicemails, leaving cards with people, uh, leaving your business card, um, where you're building familiarity to where, you know, by the time they actually see you, you've been in there eight times, you've left them three voicemails, you've left them a card. They know you, but don't know you, but you've built up your familiarity so that the next time you there, you're giving yourself a chance to set yeah. your appointment so that you can close the deal. Um, and then uh, Jeff talks about leveraging the prospecting pyramid um, where you move prospects up the pyramid you know, into buying windows. Uh, and you should, you know, when you're going out in search of prospecting, making phone calls, going out on foot, emailing, um, you are reaching out to the people who, you know, you think are in the buying window or based on your processes. And, you know, for me, I, I swear, I get like an intuition on, on some places where I'm just like, this feels right. And it, and yeah. it I end up being right. My gut feeling was right. Um, doesn't mean I'm always right, but I can't explain yeah. it. Um, Which ones are more likely to let me in or not, Um, but those are the ones I typically will call first as opposed to just going going into the pipeline to...
0: you not know, hear me? damn it.
1: I agree.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh owning owning your database.
1: Yeah. That's I agree.
2: The CRM, the pipe is life. Did you hear me say that? I did. Okay. Um, and you said most people treat it like a trash can. Definitely true. Myself included sometimes, yeah. yeah, I know it's not, but I have before um you have you seen those agents or anybody with like uh probably like five hundred different business cards on their desk just fucking scattered <laughs> all over the place <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's yeah, that's a sign of you better get your shit organized and um plan your day and there's yeah.
2: Well, then it's like you know, maybe you go out and you end up opening up one of their accounts that they got the business card from, and they're, hey, I was working on that. Was like, you got Sorry. that card? Yeah, you got that card three months ago and didn't do, anything, didn't with do it. anything
1: with it. Well, and that's a part of like you know being strategic and and fill, putting you, you know stuff in your CRM, uh, all your information and and not sitting you know on on things, um, right? Because I've done that where. As a district, one of my agents, I sat on something. It's a dental office. I come from the dental field, you know, and mm-hmm. that should be my little forte. It was in Sandy. And I sat on it, and the, I, one of my agents in my district swooped in and, and opened it up. I was like, dang it, that was a good learning lesson. But it was like, <clears throat> and, and then I was like, good for you, you know, it shows that you know you know it timing is everything it really is but keeping yourself in front of your prospects is important too how you're marketing yourself and just don't just because it's in your CRM doesn't mean it's golden or it's going to close you got to do something right. with it yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: or it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's yours either oh my
1: gosh no no that is the funniest thing with um CRMs yeah and people.
2: it's like it it reminds me of like uh people in like high school and college that would, you know, see a girl that they like and would say like, you know, oh, that's dibs, whatever. And then they don't even like the guy, but the guy's friend ends up dating him, and they get like really upset about it. <laughs> but it was like, it was never, it was, you never went and prospected enough. You didn't make your touches.
1: Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me dibs. That's just like leaving your business card sitting on a, on a desk. You didn't do anything right. with it.
2: exactly.
0: Um,
2: and then, so I'll move on from that to the the law of familiarity. There's, there's the five levers. Okay. There's, there's persistent and consistent prospecting, referrals and introductions. There's networking, there's company and brand familiarity. And then of course your personal brand. Um, yeah. We're pretty much hammered on persistent and consistent prospecting. But referrals and introductions, what kind of, uh, what kind of, what kind of system have you used for that?
1: I, I, there's this uh, build your business off of referrals. There's this guy named Brian Buffini, and, and I'm not trying to distract from the book, but I think all these things collaborate together where great they sales are, is so important. You build your business off of referrals, and, and Jeb Blunt talks about that. Referrals are a big piece of this pie of networking and, and filling your pipeline and referrals are huge. People innately want to help other people. Mm-hmm. And if you've taken the time to build these relationships with people, there's nothing wrong with asking, you know, Hey, I'm trying to build a business um, or Hey, you know, whatever the case may be, referrals are huge. And when I'm trying to train my team to not leave an account, you know, if they, if they've done well in it or they've built a relationship is to ask for a referral. People love that. And it's Mm -hmm. not how it's, it's kind of how you say it is, is a big deal. But, um, I am totally so much of my business now is referrals and, and, um, my warm market.
2: Mm Um, and how much like, are you a part of any networking associations or do you just go back to existing clients or what's your best strategy for um, obtaining those referrals? Like do you have a system for that just like I mean, you would with prospecting?
1: Um, the, you know what my system is, is I ask for, I, I try to get five referrals. I try to get five referrals a week. That's what I try to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a low number personally.
2: Uh, yeah. But with
1: uh, with where I'm at in my career and my time has to be allocated in different ways. Um, I'm still trying to grow a business, and five referrals is my goal. And um, now I'm sitting down and uh, and having a different uh, spreadsheet for my warm market, and yep. constantly going after after that. Using social media is a big deal, also, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm. Um, in 20 or in 2019, that's where majority of my business will be, will be generated from is social media. And mm-hmm. so those things, and, and Jeb does talk about that quite a bit and it, it's, it's good. It's a good thing. And people yeah. don't utilize it. They're afraid to go ask somebody that they built a relationship for the last 20 years. That doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously there's something to it that makes us all afraid, but, um,
0: when you actually, when you
2: actually just think about it, it's really not, you have to get over that. Um, but definitely, definitely some sort of system. I think just like with prospecting, I mean, like with you saying five referrals a week, getting, having some sort of system in place where you can track your referrals and like know who you should go prospect for referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and making life easier on yourself. Um, and there's some businesses that you really won't have a chance at getting anything from unless it comes off of a referral. Um,
1: oh, definitely. I mean, if you want to go for larger companies, um, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's sometimes it's calling and, and doing your research and getting to the right person. But a majority of it is it, sometimes it's who you know. Um yep. and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Great companies started in with referrals and in garages and and were built like that. And so why not why not us for the exact same thing? Why not me? And how I see uh-huh. it is the fear is I'm already at no. So what if somebody is like, you know, I just can't think of somebody, what am I gonna do? Cry? You know, uh-huh. it was like for me, when I, when I get a no or something like that, it just makes me have to set two more appointments or get two more referrals. But you, know, uh-huh. you don't necessarily get no with referrals. I, I, I have yet to get a no or I don't know somebody. They're like, yeah, you know, I'd really love to help you. Um, yeah, I know. I think this business would really, my friend works here, they would really do, would love your services. It's like, uh-huh. awesome, thank you. I'd love that introduction. People right. love it. So I could go on about you know, yep. the referral-based business, but I won't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I won't, won't um, steal your thunder.
2: No, okay. I'm, that's okay. That's the part that I'm definitely lacking and trying to um, you know, grow now is, is my referral-based marketing side of things. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that that's explicitly what they do. I um, heard yeah. other professionals uh, strongly urge not to do that. Cause it's again about having a good balanced mix. Um, but nonetheless, you still want to have your, you know, you can't, you can't go close the, you can't go close the the business next to your house by waiting to network with hopefully somebody that knows that owner. Right. You'd Right. You'd have a better chance just walking in and going that way. Um, that's just, that's, that's my opinion on it. Um, Moving on, there's social selling. So like using LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, yeah. what have you. Um, definitely don't want to be that person. I've had to coach, you know, uh, some people at my office. Definitely don't want to just get on LinkedIn and flood people's inboxes with. <laughs> no. Um, with. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's, it seems like it's a numbers game. Like, and it might work, you know, if you have 2,000 connections and you send them all the same message, who's to say that, 10 don't respond and, and something happens, but it's that reputation you're trying to build and that, that brand that you're building online. Um, do you want to be known as the guy who floods in boxes with sales, sales stuff or um, what Jeb talks about is just being somebody that is more of a uh, content producer or curator, uh, someone who's posting, you know, good articles or, you know, things that people are interacting with, someone who's interacting with others on social media.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a balance and people it's, I, I, and I'm so sorry for you CrossFit people that are listening. But if like, that's the one thing that made me uh, realize that you can't just post CrossFit stuff. I can't just post about my business. There's got to be this balance because people are just going to swipe past it. You know, uh nobody's going to, You're going to, everything's going to fall on deaf ears if you, if there isn't a balance and you're not flooding people with the same content.
2: Yes. You have to flood them with lots of content and, you know, everyone's selfish. Everyone wants to know what's in it. For me, you have to somehow make it geared, you you know, your message is geared towards others. Um, Right. Not, not to come buy my product because. This, this, and this. No, you want to, you want to definitely establish yourself as a credible person um, before. And then once you've done that, once you've provided people with content, you know, then, then, then it's more comfortable to maybe go approach them in person or through a phone call um, in a different way.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's 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 building it. This is a relationship building business. And and when I interview people or when I talk to my associates, I I will say that. And if you don't believe it, then you're not going to make it. It is a relationship building business. And it's it takes time and and good as well as it should. We're taught to um, as kids to not talk to strangers.
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: you know, and so that's kind of bled into our adult lives like nope 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 I don't need it I don't want it you know instead of being you know building that relationship to, to have them be open to listening and sometimes it takes 8 to 11 touches to even set one appointment and people think that it happens magically in the first the you know the first you know phone call or or whatnot and then you know I'm right. trying to jump ahead but it's like you know that's that's huge that is that's a that's a big deal.
2: Well, and I mean, that comes from people forgetting to understand, like, or put themselves in the other person's shoes. Like, why would I, why would I, someone who has all these other priorities, you know, a family, uh, a business to run, uh, a a CrossFit class to get to at four o'clock, whatever, (laughs) you know, whatever it may be.
1: 4 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm gonna mark it CrossFit.
2: And then you know you you got this guy coming in with a, a tie who's maybe a little too short, um, you know whatever the, the the case may be, asking for your time and you don't even know the guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's it, it's not again always going to happen. I think with what we do with 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 our brand that we carry, I think that gets us. Uh, in the door a little bit more than others might with with companies, um, yeah, because of the I brand agree. we have. So we we might have a little more success uh, in going after somebody for the first time. But uh, that's not necessarily always the case in other sales jobs. I mean, think about a company who's you know looking to be a startup or something like that. It's going to take a lot more familiarity building, uh, relationship yeah. building to to have some things like that. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: I um, Moving on from that, um, message matters. Jeb's, Jeb's chapter 14 of message matters. Um, put yourself in prospect's shoes and try to answer their questions, which is kind of what I just talked about. Um, but the most important thing you can do is ask. Ask for the appointment. Ask for the sale. Ask for the referral. Right. The, there's a common theme there. Um and it does come back to just ask. And I've seen it before when I'm training. I've seen myself do it when I've when I've had my own meetings that I forgot to ask. Um did everything else right, but just didn't say can we make this happen? Um Yeah. And
1: yeah. You already didn't know.
2: Right, exactly. Um and don't be afraid to ask the question that you know, makes or breaks a deal because again, the yes, yes and no are two the two ones that you want to hear. You don't want to hear maybe, and Then you don't really know what to do.
1: Maybe it's not an right. Asset. You can't move on
2: from that, um, and, I, and maybe most of the time is not. Maybe it's usually a no, but sometimes it is a yes, and you're pleasantly surprised. Like, oh, I didn't even remember this guy, and he just messaged me and said he's ready to do it. Okay yeah so, so' like they're not always lying, but you get used to the maybe being the no um and you forget to follow up, which just makes it a hassle um, so don't be afraid to ask you know t- do you want to do this or not? you know, but you don't have to say it like that, but um you get what I'm saying um,
1: yeah you <laughs> get what you' saying
2: and the, oh and the the other piece, this is my favorite um well, he has a whole table. Um, and again, I always say this on my podcast. Um, if you want to read the book, you should definitely read the book because, um, I'm just going off of stuff that I like and talking about personal experiences. Um, but he has a whole table on here of non-assumptive passive and weak statements versus assumptive and confident statements that you should be using. Um, not saying things like maybe, um, there's one that I love that like I'd love to hate it is like when you call someone following up with them saying hey just checking in Um, that doesn't that doesn't do much right that's not that's not going to help you move things forward by saying you're just checking in Um, you should go for the ask Um, but shutting up after you go for the ask any any thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, too many people uh, just, just they, they, they have this filler. They don't like the uncomfortable silence. You ask a question, you need to let the person process. And you need to just be quiet. Two ears, one mouth. And that is hard. It, 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 and it, it's, it's something that you have to practice yep. for sure. And you have to tell yourself, okay, ask the question and just wait. And the uncomfortable silence is okay. You know, because they're thinking and everybody thinks uh, and processes things differently. And um, I I see it all the time. I've done it. I probably still do
2: it. We've all done it. Um, And yeah, you it's it's so funny. I've seen it like while I'm... It's easier to see it when you're seeing someone else do it because we all have our own blind spots. Um, But I'm sure you've seen it like when you've been out prospecting with someone or... Um, on the phone with somebody, and like you hear them get the yes, and then they keep talking, and then it turns into a no. You talk yourself out of a yes. Uh, I think that's got to be one of the most disheartening things to see is is when that happens. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Because you didn't know to just shut up. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. People barf. Mm. They barf their stuff. They barf their, you know, sales pitch or whatever the case may be. They just, they, they've got to get it out. And it's like, patience is a good thing.
2: Uh-huh. Correct. And yeah, I, I know when I've been in like a, a meeting similar to like ones that we've run where i sitting with somebody, um, they bombarded me with questions before I could even now when I'm, when I'm going to like a car dealership or talking to another insurance person or, you know, another salesperson in general, um, I'm definitely critiquing everything they're doing. And that's, that's what's going to lead to me doing business with them more often than not. Um, And if I like it, I like it. If not, um, you know, I didn't like your approach. Um, It wasn't professional enough for me. So, um, there's one, there was one, I know, like it was a dude I knew personally and he was, I was very impressed by, you know, his ability to keep it cool. Not like trying to upsell me on things, but it was a, it was a gym membership. I'm definitely not going to buy it, but every objection I threw out seemed like something he's heard before and he would subtly, you know, have the response for it, but also in a way that I really could appreciate um, I'm like God. I might buy that gym membership still, but I probably won't. <laughs> I probably won't. But I was very appreciative of, of, yeah. of like how he handled the whole thing. I thought it was I thought it was very good. Um, and there's some who are better than others at it. Um,
1: well, and and I tell people like I had this guy. I was so so impressed. He came to my office, and it was a, he was trying to sell printers and things like that and i actually needed one i needed to upgrade but it's not on my list i mean it's on my list but it's at the bottom of my to do list you know it's not on the forefront of my mind and i kept telling him be persistent come back in a month i do need one but it's it's not my top 3 priorities right now but it's it's there and I like that. I like when people keep things in front of me. And it's kind of having that same attitude when I go out is like some people think like I do. Okay, it's, it's not a fit right now. I know that I want to do this. You know, come get back to me in a month. Like, you know what? I totally respect that. You know, that's, right. you know. So I do, I do like when people keep things in front of me. And I know I need to go to the gym. And I know I need to get the gym membership. Can you call me in a month?
2: <laughs> right right um exactly and i have had plenty of experiences just like that where you know on my end it's just not a priority right now you're calling me about something that i'm not even gonna think about until the holiday season
1: (laughs) yeah or january 1st
2: (laughs) right um yeah, because, I mean, you only have so many fucks to give, and I just don't <laughs> – I'm not doing that right now. I can't even pick up the phone and, and make money for my own business. Right? <laughs> right? So, yeah, um, okay, move on from that. Um, I won't talk too much about – because the next two chapters, he talks about telephone prospecting and um, turning around, like, reflex responses from – decision makers Uh, it's more like strategy more in-depth that i would um everyone has their own approaches to it um and i like i like jebs there's certainly it depends what industry you're in and what product you're using like how you would fill in the framework for this stuff but um i'll briefly touch on it Uh, we'll talk about there's there's the reflex responses brush offs and objections so a reflex response would be, you know, they're not interested. We're too busy. Email me. We're all set. A brush off is the call me later. Get back to me in a month. You're not just brushing these people off, are you? When you tell them to get back to you in a month. No. Okay. Uh, and then. No. The...
1: <laughs> I used to. I don't now because I <laughs> I know how it feels.
2: Right. Just tell me no. Or.
1: Yeah. It's yes uh, or no. There's no in between.
2: <laughs> right. Um, and then there's the, there's the objections piece, you know, and he says, those are obviously the ones that are more complicated. The have, they actually have a because, um, and those might be like people who've used a product of yours from someone else in the past, um, or for some reason have some other sort of objection. And those ones are, he admits more difficult to turn around, um, but we're talking about when it comes to uh, prospecting, at least in this business. Um, and he talked about that, that fanatical boot camp was the, um, the law of thirds where one third of people are going to say yes. One third of people are going to say no. And then that middle third is going to be, you know, how you handle it. Right. And that's, that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about. Excellent. So if, as long as you're just doing the actions Prospecting every day and daily, you're going to have a paycheck. But if you want to be like the elite, um, the elite salespeople, this is kind of where the technique piece comes in. Um, the the solid fundamentals of like knowing how to respond to someone's objections. Not objection, but reflex responses. You know, they're not interested. Mm-hmm. Or they, and he recommends, you know, throwing things out. He calls it the anchor, a disrupt, and an ask where you – you kind of throw them off because when they say they're not interested, they're used to the average salesperson, you know, uh, he says folding like a cheap lawn chair, you know, okay. Yeah. And then hangs up (laughs) when someone says not interested and you go, Oh, that's great. And you kind of, Oh, what? you kind of say something that throws off what they're, what they are expecting to hear in response. And then you disrupt that by, you know, throwing something out. Um, I'll do something like that. And he, he, he had us practice things like that where you, Hey, I'm I'm too busy. So, well, that's exactly why I called. I was looking to find, you know, I was looking to find a time that that fit better for you. How's next Tuesday at three? So you you anchor it because your fight or flight kicks in when someone tells you no, no matter how many times it happens. Um, so you anchor that by saying something that throws them off. Yes, you know that's great, or you know that's exactly why I called, and then you go into your next little piece that should only take about five to 10 seconds. And then you ask, you go for the re ask and go for another date. Um, and that's not a guarantee of success, but it will, it'll give you the extra, you know, appointment or two that you wouldn't normally get if you have those skills. And obviously over time, that's going to build your business as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, he, he does a great job breaking down that fight or flight piece. You know, it's not, un, it's not, uh, it is very normal to when someone tells you no to feel rejected and your brain is built for survival. So things like rejection, yeah. being rejected from the group is obviously something that will put you into a fight or flight mentality. Um, as humans, we have the gift to be able to overcome that, but doesn't, mean that it's not there
1: yeah yeah it it definitely it definitely is is there and it for it for every negative you have to do 10 positives like when we verbally say something to somebody it takes You know, if we say something negative, it takes 10 positives to change that mindset around or even just to try to win that person back over. So can you imagine, you know, all the no's we get, you have to be resilient. You have to just not take it personally. They're not saying no to you. And so many people don't last because of that. And and I have to keep telling them it's not you. I have to keep telling myself I've gotten to the point where I'm conditioned. Like they're not saying no to me. They're they saying no to a lack of knowledge or something in their world went or a personal life, you know, all these different things and you just have to persist on it, mm-hmm. elevate market yourself and um, mindset and how you operate with all of the things that you're talking about is huge, yep. you know, and you, you have to win your day. What does that look like? And the no's are going to come. You just have to be prepared for them. And yeah, treat yourself. I love that you you know you what you said about you know you you make x amount of dials and then you go to lunch. You know those mentally are rewards for us as humans. We need the, that that um, it just it just gets us going.
2: Well, um, it's, it's a it's a habitual thing, right? Um, I think you sent me something about that where the motivation gets you going, but it's the habits that yeah. Keep it going, right? Like, yeah, and I do. I'm, I'm to a point too where I'm like, yeah, motivation's kind of bullshit a lot of the time. Like, I yep. have to have the habits in place. Or I'm not gonna want to do it. Um, yeah, yep, Mo-
1: yeah, 100. Once you get, once you get good
2: habits in place, and it, I, I did a podcast about all about habits, um, and the science of it. But once you get a habit in place and you're doing it, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of work to you because the habit, even though someone side might be, you know, going, God, that guy works so hard, but you don't even feel like you're working hard. You just are doing things with habit. You know, like going to the gym. You either go to the gym or you don't go to the gym. And the people who do do it are typically in a routine and a habit to where it's not a big deal. It's just part of their day and what they do. Um, And prospecting has to be that for any salesperson. Uh, Okay moving moving on um the secret lives of gatekeepers uh we talk about gatekeepers um that's not anything that i've really concerned myself too much with i never worried too much about gatekeepers but um you should know how to deal with them and, and handle them because um, sometimes the gatekeepers are the ones who make the schedule for the person too and you can get on their calendar by just you know talking to the gatekeeper um whatever the reason is um, what have jeb gives some some strategies about how to get around gatekeepers if you if you you know if you've done all the right things if you've been nice to them, if you've done all the if not try to trick them or anything and you still can't get around them um, call another extension hack right
0: <laughs> yeah
2: I definitely use that like I've called you know a place 20 times ask him you know who handles the benefits and the gatekeeper you Know gets mad every time I call. I'm like, okay,
1: well, just tell um, me it. I'll stop calling.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, so then, but then what you do is you call the salespeople and you'll say, Hey, I'm blah blah blah. I'm looking to find out this. Oh, sure. Actually, here's the number of her extension right here, and they give it to you and you can call them.
1: Yeah, the gatekeeper, in my mind, they are trained just like my, my admin is trained to keep people out. I have business to run. But with that being said, it's like, it's again, back to the relationship building Um, the gatekeeper. Like if I pop in, you know, hi, my name is Bridget. I'm just doing some pop buys in the area. You know, if I'm, if I want to, you know, go face to face and I start talking with her and just building a relationship I was like, yeah, I'm just getting to know the companies that are in this area, you know, blah blah blah. And then I'll make a connection with her, and and if I make a good connection, or if there's something like I really want to elevate market myself, I'm going to send her a card. I'm actually going to write out a card. I know people, some people don't do that anymore, but I train my team to personalize themselves. Send a card saying, I hope your, you know, I hope your daughter has a great prom. It was really nice talking to you. You know, I'll. I'll be back in the area next week, you know, whatever the case may be, but you know, the gatekeepers don't make the decisions. That's like, they don't, but you can't discount their role and you have to, um, some of them are mean, (laughs) some of them are nasty gatekeepers and you know, you got to try to go around them. You've got to be strategic and build a relationship with them too. And whatever it, it looks different with each one, heck, I I, I brought flowers to one because she told me her husband didn't bring her flowers. And, you know, I don't know. I don't even know why we were talking about it, but I wanted to, you know, I I brought her flowers, bam, I'm in. How hard was that? Eight bucks for a thing of flowers, you know? Um, So I'm not saying to do that all the time, but the gatekeeper, you know, there's ways around the gatekeeper and majority of the time.
2: Yeah, there are ways. Um, there's the there's the go around the back hack that 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 Jeb uses. You know, if you're going to go in person, mm-hmm. go around talk to talk to one of the guys working outside on their smoke break or something like that. Or, <laughs> I, um,
1: do, I love doing that, <laughs> talking <laughs> to the employees. Hey, yes.
2: Um uh, did you ever see uh, Have you ever seen Wall Street or Charlie Sheen? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, That's a good gatekeeper interaction movie. Um, He's really, he has to work over the gatekeeper to get, get into the, get into Gordon Gecko's office. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's
2: a good one. Every salesperson should know that the gatekeeper's number one job is to keep you out. So it's up to you to figure out without tricking them. And I mean, like sleazy um, getting, getting past them. Um yeah. and it turns out the tougher the gatekeeper is the easier the decision maker is to, uh you know make the sale to which definitely be true like if whenever i get my own gatekeeper i'll need a good one because i say yes to <laughs> anything so <laughs> it was
1: good to know good to know right
2: right so um yeah i'm i'm definitely easily sold on on things just really depends if I like the guy, which I like to everybody, so it usually works. <laughs> uh, oh. As much as I say I'm critiquing them, I'm uh, still, I'm still, I'm still appreciative of the whole sales process. Yeah. Uh, okay. In-person prospecting. Now, this is where you know you might split a room to, depending on who you're talking to, but the way that I set up my prospecting is through the phone and then through that phone appointments that I set or people that I contact. I'm like, I think this one, if I go in person, I could probably set the appointment. They can't hang up on me in person. Um, You know, you show up, you, you, you go make those strategic in-person approaches or you go run your meetings and then you hit all the areas around that to be efficient. Right. Was that the four corner marketing. (laughs) Um, I'm, very big believer in that approach because um you know what i'll see with a lot of new people is they'll have no plan no idea what what they should be doing for the day so they drive around thinking should i stop in this place should i not should i you know drive a little more this way and then not only are they broke but they got an empty gas tank and they only went into like four businesses um two of them their doors were locked you know so uh i think with in person approaches yeah it's not you're not going to be efficient you're not going to reach a lot of people or as many as you could doing it in a different way yeah. um you need to be efficient as possible with it and kind of i don't like to go do in person stuff unless i know who i'm looking for um what i'm what exactly i'm 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 going to ask them um not not be, not to be a perfectionist but more so just so i know exactly what I'm walking into. Um, if it's that targeted approach, um, if it's, if it's just like the four corner marketing where I'm looking to, that's where I'm just going in and grabbing business cards. Maybe I get the meeting, maybe I don't. Um, uh, but it gives me a feel for what's going on. Um, what do you, how do you feel about in-person prospecting as a, as one of the methods? I mean, what's your approach on that?
1: Well, that's how I built my, built my business was that way. Um, I didn't learn the phone until later on and how Mm -hmm. to use it. Um, you're right. Gas. I mean, time equals money and it's, it's not always efficient to make that your whole entire marketing is in person. Um, but if you're strategic with it, um, you, you, You've introduced yourself over the phone. You've formed a game plan of a certain area that you want to now take it to the next level and put your, your brand, your face to it. I think that's so important. I mean, it's, it can set something over by the personal touch. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, just telling him we talked on the phone last week. I just really wanted to stop in and introduce myself in person. There's something to be said about that. And, you know, just go from there. Let it, let it flow with the gatekeeper or the owner. Um,
0: right.
1: So sometimes I'll just get like the, I'll just be driving and I will see this truck electrical. I did this yesterday with an electric company. Saw this guy, we both followed each other to the bank and uh, I was like, hey, you know, you know, just introduce myself. Um, it's like, oh, you work with this company. Yeah, they're just right down the road from where I live. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do you do? So there's something to be said about that, that human interaction Mm -hmm. Um, but it can't be, it can't, that can't be your sole way of doing it. It was mine and it killed me. Like my family hated me. I'd come home exhausted, um, because it's, it wasn't efficient, but (laughs) I opened up tons of accounts, um, (laughs) because of it. But I, I, the only reason was I had a great calendar management system, um, Mm -hmm. So in-person is good, but.
2: Oh, I love, I love doing in-person. I mean, like it's, it's the easiest way. Like I know if I can get someone one-on-one, I nine times out of 10 or more will, will, will dominate that conversation.
1: Right. But, right.
2: Um, It's just like, it's the same thing, right? Like if I made a hundred calls and only reached, you know, two decision makers, that can also happen when you're on foot. And going out and doing that enough without any type of strategy in mind, like it is exhausting. And I think that, that um, it can, it can wear out, um, agents really fast if they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Um, yeah. And they're just kind of blindly doing it. Um, and that's, that's my personal take just from doing it myself and seeing yep. other people's, uh, successes and failures with it. um, yeah. Yeah, But I, I definitely love doing the in-person more than the phone. Um, it's just, yeah, the efficiency piece. And especially, like I was saying, like, let's say you only have an hour in the day to prospect. You're not going to be able to go out and do it efficiently if it's all, you know, if you need to make 30 touches, you're not going to be able to do that in person. No. No. Uh-uh. Um, okay. Email prospecting. Um, that's one that I've never really utilized too much. I mean, I've used it here and there, but not consistently on a on a daily basis to um, reach reach people. Um, just because it's it's the easiest one to be ignored. And I know that again, like if you have me face to face or you have me on the phone, it's harder to ignore me. But email prospecting, what's your take on it?
1: Hate it. No. <laughs> hate it. I'm not good at it. I mean that's uh, I'll tell you i I tell my team, focus on your strengths. what are your strengths? Yeah. Um, be diversify, obviously, when you're marketing yourself and building right. your business, but emails uh, I will tell you that is not n- not my thing. Um, i i Jeb goes through it in a just lays it out really well for people so they don't have the fear of it there's a lot of people on my team who use it um i i don't so you know that one i don't have um tons to say it now my follow-ups emails are amazing for follow-ups like making sure they have enough information the appointment set sending the calendar reminder or things like that email is awesome but um yeah but not, I, I can't, it's, it's not one that I focused on. I'm not, right. I don't even like reading well, my and, emails.
2: Well, and that's like, like you said, knowing your strengths, like um, knowing when to utilize email, like the right. big one he says here is like they, you know, familiarity gets an email opened. Like if they don't mm-hmm. know you, no, but if you just walked in that day, you talked to them and then they got an email from Bridget Townsend They already have this familiarity now, right? That's a big one. Um, Good grammar. Definitely, definitely one that, like, I'm not, I'm not stupid and I know how to spell words, but I like type stuff fast and don't want to go through and reread it and make sure everything's crisp. I don't always do that. Um, And I've seen some emails I've sent, like, I look back and was like, holy shit, I didn't even add what I I said I was going to attach this thing and didn't even attach it. Um, But you know the the good grammar piece obviously is 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 one like you if you want to come off as a professional and you haven't met this person yet in person that's important that's obvious um but also kind of tracking your numbers on your emails and what your system is because you need they need to convert in order for you to be profitable because emails um they're frowned upon in my office just because like if that's all you're doing or if that's your main source of prospecting, yeah. um, you probably won't be working there um, in the next three to six months. You're going to fire yourself because you're not making any money. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It's true. It is true. And that's why di- diversification is a big deal. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: yeah. So emails are my weakness.
2: Yeah. Um, well, and you, you can use them as a strength like you were saying for follow-ups, things like that, but yeah. like cold, cold approaches with an email, not necessarily, I mean, shit, I I probably don't open 90% of the emails I get anyways. So there's just a good chance. It's not anything personal. It's not going to open your email. Yeah. It's like just, just another, that's just another thing for, um that's why it makes me laugh when people give you that brush off of, why don't you just email me? Like, you know, Realistically, we could talk for five minutes or 10 minutes and, yeah, you know, or I could send you this lengthy email um, going over the same stuff that would take you hours to, or if I included some information on what I'm doing, it could take you hours to read, which I know you won't, or most likely will not. So I'm just not going to send you that email.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I'm, yeah, there's, you have to know your audience. There's people who mm-hmm. do love emails, not, not tons. Um, but I will send a follow up email with details of our conversation. That for me is so I can do, and I like doing but mm-hmm. to, to try to. I I don't think I've ever sent an email to get set an appointment with an account. Right. Um, yeah.
2: No. Okay. Well, moving from emailing, what about text messaging? How much do you utilize that in your? business.
1: Oh, I think text messaging is it's bit me in the butt where um my personal when I first started in the business, I used my phone and uh, or my my personal number yeah. and I don't think that I, I I I tell people when they come into the industry, you need to get a business number, another line um that will go to your phone and I I started texting the clients, you know, if you're running late, you want to text them. And then they're texting you all the time, um, and I, I think that's not the for me and my business it's not the best form of communi- excuse me communication at all. Um, right. I, I, just, I don't
2: It just depends who you're dealing with like like we were saying with emails like there are people who love emails, there's people who love texting. I mean think of you know my generation of people that are. You know, gonna start being business owners or start being people that you're looking to 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 get your product to. Um, text messaging is a huge form. I mean, that's 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 probably our main form of communication. And if it is
1: or- that, you just have to have a different number than mm-hmm. your personal number, um, because you have to create healthy boundaries and bear- for your your clients. I have people business owners texting me all Uh, all hours and, um, I, I'd rather it be an email or a phone call. I think that's more professional than to my personal, but I do have a business number that, you know, people can use to text, but I don't know that that one's, that one's, I think people are divided with that, but you're right. A lot of people do want to just text.
2: Right. Um, it's worked for me, uh, in some cases. Um, I, I definitely have have some positives with it. Yeah, um, but to each to each your own. Everybody's situation is different. People might like you a lot more than they like me, and they might want to text you all the time. Um, I haven't necessarily <laughs> had that problem. Yeah, with, I've got with, a picture at my... midnight,
1: <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> so, right. I I guess that, you know, without be, being so blunt, I think that's. Uh, you know, since you brought it up. Yeah. That's where, you know, things can happen. And, um, so I, I did get a picture. Um, it created like accidentally and, um, I'm now no longer, I, I had to have my associate go into that account, you know, because it just, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't go in there and look at the person now. So, you know, it's it, text, texting is not always the right, the right form of communication, you know? So,
2: right. Um Jeb recommends using it. Um I'll be interested in hearing your story later on. We won't share it on here, but you have to that. um but text messaging he says to he says it's really great for using it right after networking events um to you know buzz the person, hey it was great to meet you, blah blah blah. Um and then also following trigger events. So um, like myself, I like to read the wall street journal I mean, it's great for anything business. It kind of lets you know what's going on in the business world. Um, and there's every day there's trigger events that, you know, make people's or make company stocks go up and down, all that kind of stuff. You know, they're trigger events that might affect people that are your clients or people that are prospective clients. And you can, you know, send them a text message and ask them, ask them, you know, what their opinion is on it just to get them going because people love to give their opinions on things, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, right. I love to give my opinion. I don't usually have an opinion, but I'll definitely talk. Um, I won't be shy to, to talk about whatever. Yeah. Right. Take it. Yeah. it is, I'm, I'm not a genius, but, um, anyways, what? following trigger. That's another, that's another, that's another way to use it. Um, moving on from that there's a, there's, there is a chapter at the end of the book called developing mental toughness. Um, that's, that's a given in this business. This job is actually super easy. You know, I've done the, I've done warehouse stuff. I've done blue collar hard work that by the time, if I kept doing it till I was 30, I'd probably be uh, paralyzed. But, you know, aside from that piece, but there is the mentally draining piece of it, which is, like, you come home tired, but, you know, would you really do today? You didn't do anything, like, crazy strenuous, but mentally, there's definitely some fatigue that, that wears on you that I'm not quite sure how to measure it, right. but it's there. Yeah. Um, and I think developing the mental toughness, like, there is the inherent, I know myself, I'm not really a quitter, so that's good for me. Um, other people may be more of quitters, um, and those people need to be wrapped in more, um, need a constant support system. Um, and that's, that's our job as leaders. I mean, yeah, not everyone, not everyone that comes into the business has that same mindset. Yeah. Um, and we have to be able to encourage them, support them as much as possible, uh, to, to help them because some people don't have as much mental toughness but we can help help them develop it by implementing you know responding to objections with like a natural instinct of well this is just how you should respond to this blah 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 Right. Um, you know yeah. that giving people like a system to put in place which is what I've been working on so I can then pass that on to people can help them with their mental toughness because if they know that I just need to do this and this even though it sucks I can get through it. Um, and I think relating with people too, like, you know, like I'm not, this is not easy, like reassuring them that it's not easy. It's not, it's not, you don't see everyone out here wanting to do this. Like you tell people what you do sometimes and they like cringe, like, you do that. Yeah. Um, I could never do that. So you gotta, you know, you gotta remember that stuff too. Um, but the mental toughness piece is everything I'd, you, you could, you, we we could probably talk all day about having mental toughness and how that plays into doing well in this, in this profession. Um,
1: yeah, it's important. It is. And the biggest thing is putting pressure on the systems, not the people. So yeah, you know, the, the great companies have great systems and, and then it helps the people put pressure on that and, and then they perform. Um, you know, the mental toughness is, is a part of that, um, you know, having good systems and it's, we could do, like you said, a whole podcast on, on just mental toughness and what that, what that means.
2: Right. Um, and, and then it, you know, can it be taught or is it something that you like just naturally have? Is it both? I'm sure it's both. Um, you know, some people are going to have more mental toughness than others, Uh, yeah Yeah. I don't know so and and then you wonder you know how much of that can I teach how much is it is it then lacking a mental toughness that is the reason we're not able to you know progress person Um, so there's there's that the last one last chapter of the book it's a fitting the book is one more call so you make one more call. You make one more touch before you get home for the day. You do one more piece of activity.
1: Just one uh, more.
2: Just one more. And I'm yep. definitely guilty of not doing that. But I have done it before when I'm like feeling extra motivated. Let's do the one more call. And I swear to God, I shit you not. I've opened yep. probably four or five accounts Thanks. from just doing that.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. It's funny how that works. Yeah. Boom.
1: Just one more. That's going to be our our thing for the week. Just one more.
2: Just one more. <laughs> one more turns into twenty more. Um, but yeah. So again, this book, we did our best job to kind of go over it in the time we had. We had some technical difficulties, um, but it's a great it's any and all things. I mean, you don't even have to read it to know that you got to keep prospecting. Um, but it does include more comprehensive strategies and things that you can implement, like having phone blocks, like having, um, you know, responses built into your framework of your prospecting that when someone says this, you have this to say back. Um, yeah, it, it's got more in-depth strategies on, on how to handle that kind of stuff. And it books out on, um, you know, he's sales EQ, and he's got his objections book out. The fanatical prospecting book I have is a signed copy um, that I have to sign at the camp, um, but he's he's definitely doing his thing as a, as a sales professional, and I'll definitely make sure to tag him in so he, he knows that we're out. Did you ever meet Jeb?
1: I did, yeah. Yeah, I, I popped into the the thing that he was doing. Um and I did, yeah. He he's he's um uh, he's fanatical. He's fanatical about everything that he, <laughs> he does. That's for sure. But that makes him, you know, good. And
2: he, you know you know, it just kinda it never turns off, right? Like No, he, he would no. be out at dinner and it would see something and it would start going into something uh, with the waiter or you know, start asking them questions or getting his car worked on and he would start asking the guy, you know, Hey, where'd you get that vest from? Yep. He used to sell, he used to sell vests and, um, work equipment for Aramark or I think that was a company, but that's, that's kind of, that's the fanatical piece. Um, and then, you know, it makes me wonder, is everyone capable of being fanatical or is it just those top people in this book is just for those needing to get that reassurance.
1: Um, Yeah. Some of it is just you're, you're born in, you know, you just have this fire in you and you can close a deal and you know how to market. Right. And you, you know, you just have to be taught certain things and some people you just can't teach this. Um, But the people who you can, who have that fire uh, this book is this book will put you over the edge um, for your business. I mean, it'll just generate a lot for yourself activity and mindset and, you know, attitude.
2: Are you you giving it a, are you giving it a five star?
1: (laughs) I'm giving it a five star. Yes. I I say, I think it's, I feel it's one of my top five books that I, I feel people should read um, in sales and, you know, and sales is, all, all, sale, all sales is kind of like the foundation is the same and mm-hmm. marketing yourself and how you do it is huge and I know there's a lot of people who read this book yes. and, and do well because of it
2: right um, I knew you'd like this that's why I asked you to do this one because I knew you, that you liked this book um, yes when I was in, thank you I, for
1: having me I appreciate it
2: yeah no problem um, but I will close it out from here again Bridget thank you for me um and weighing in on radical prospecting and i should have this posted here in the next few minutes for everyone to really take a listen to it
1: yes thank you all
2: right
1: it See was here. a pleasure okay thank you bye bye